It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Thursday edition of East Coast Bias for your friends on FanDuel TV. For all of you listening on the Ringer Gambling Show, it's John Zastrzemski, Joe House, Raheem Palmer. You know, last week, I couldn't even get the dopey weeks right and on the, the proper scale. And no wonder why I ended up having a rotten, vile, miserable week of picking games. Because when we went through our whole proceeding of setting up the show and doing all this stuff that I do. I couldn't get it right. But we are getting you ready for the Week 11 card in the National Football League. It is a monster Thursday night game with the Ravens and the Bengals. It is a monster Monday night game with a Super Bowl rematch with the Philadelphia Eagles going into Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. But as I welcome in Joe House and Raheem Palmer, you know, House, the Browns, I wanted to think just a few days ago, my bet for the division was live. My bet for the playoffs was in really good shape. They had this amazing win down big against Baltimore, winning outright, all the good feels, all the positive storylines surrounding Deshaun Watson. First time you could say that since he's been a Brown. And then you find out on Wednesday, he's done for the year. I, I feel like I could take that Brown division bet and light it on fire, bro. I would say... As it relates to your bet, let's just sit tight. But I do want to give out some flowers to Deshaun Watson because in retrospect now, that second half that he put up against that Ravens defense in view of the high ankle sprain plus the busted shoulder, I mean, he's had his travails over these past couple of years, to put it mildly. But that dude's a warrior. That was a tough, tough display of man-sized football. So kudos to him. I hope the surgery is a success. I hope he comes back next year. And the version that we get of him is that second half against the Ravens version. Just a tough dog. But as it relates to the fortunes for this Cleveland Browns team and what it means in the playoff picture and what it means in the AFC North division, I got my hands up. I don't know. I mean, it's on the one hand, there is no question. The Browns are going with, uh, I'm going to say his name right the first time, then I'm going to use the acronym, Dorian Thompson Robinson. So DTR. I know go. I can do DTR, right? DTR. I like that. So, DTR. I mean, UCLA alumni, anybody who watches Pac-12 football knows that he was one of the most exciting people 
in the Pac-12, but he hasn't been that in the NFL, unfortunately. I mean, you're looking at a guy who he had, you know, games against the the Baltimore Ravens, 19 to 36, 121 yards, 3.4 average, QBR of 26.4. I mean, you might as well have thrown us three out there at quarterback. But um, at the end of the day, right now, you're looking at the Cleveland Browns plus 470 to win a division. In the words of Jules from Pulp Fiction, I think that bet is as dead as fried chicken. I'm sorry. I feel the same way. And now if you look at the active FanDuel odds to win the AFC North, they've moved quite a bit since this Deshaun Watson news came down. Baltimore now at minus 120. The Bengals at plus 400. To Raheem's point, the Brownies at plus 470. And the Steelers at plus 490. Now, when it comes to this week, guys, Steelers, Browns. Raheem, I have to be honest. I thought going into the week, I was going to bet the Browns. I know I've been hate betting the Steelers. I felt like I was going to hate bet the Steelers one more time. With the quarterback news and with the market now moving this line from the three and a half, four range to the one range, is that the proper, accurate portrayal of what this line should be? Or do you see any late value now in this Pittsburgh-Cleveland situation with the line now down at one? I'm going to be honest. This is one of those situations where you kind of got to separate the sharps from the squares, the men from the boys, the people with balls, and the guys without balls. You're going to have to hold your nose and bet the Cleveland Browns in this spot. (laughs) Yes, it's uglier than a masterpiece sneaker, as I always say, but this Pittsburgh Steelers team is the worst 6-3 team in the history of the NFL. They've been outgained in every single game this year, and now they find themselves on a roll in a spot against a divisional opponent that should have beat them the first time, but they kept turning the ball over. So I think you got to lay it with the Cleveland Browns. There's a reason why they're one-point favorites. It's ugly. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. But I think you got to take it. And I'll pick up on, on Dream's point. The FanDuel Sportsbook has them, as we are recording this show, as dogs, home dogs, getting a point and a half at home, they're one of the few books to still have uh, Cleveland as a dog. I like that situation quite a bit here. And I will say, you know, we're really having to buck a trend here because the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have beaten the Cleveland Browns, what, 15 straight times, 16 straight times. But I'm picking up on what Dream is selling here. The interesting thing to me is this Browns defense continues to to show out and show up and be the thing, be the deciding force uh, to Dream's point. They should have won that game against Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. And I I just don't uh, envision a scenario. The crazy thing is this total. Was it three, 33, 33 and a half? It's a crazy total. Um, But I I understand why. How are the Pittsburgh Steelers going to move the ball? How are they going to score against this defense, J.J.? It's a great question. Uh, this game has all sorts of ugly. It has all sorts of gross written all over it. And I get your point, Raheem, because sometimes when you look at spots, you got to hold your nose to quote you and just back aside where the numbers are not going to lie. And I do believe at some point there will be a reckoning for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I don't know when that's going to be. Maybe it's not going to be this week. Maybe it's not going to be until the postseason. But Dream, you and I both know that reckoning, it's coming, dude. 
It's coming. Oh, it's definitely coming. There's only so long fake does can pretend. Regression hits everyone. It hit the Minnesota Vikings last year against the New York Giants. At some point, it's going to hit its Pittsburgh Steelers team. But in the meantime, it is scary fading this team. <laughs> All right, guys. Speaking of reckoning, the Buffalo Bills. And can I just give Raheem Palmer, Joe House, all the props in the world because he put the cojones on the table and took Denver outright against Buffalo. And I'm not saying you didn't have to sweat it out, Dream. Denver probably should have had that game in the bag a lot easier than they did. We understand that's what happens when you bet on the Denver Broncos. But you were able to ride the emotion of the end of the game. The, the field, when, when once <laughs> missed the field goal, Raheem, you know how sick I was? Because the worst case scenario for me, as someone that has a significant Miami Dolphin to win the division bet, was Buffalo to go and win the game and not cover. Like, to me, if they weren't going to cover, I was like, go down. I hope they lose outright. And then 12 men are on the field. I mean, dude, that's that's how you get a dog in a week, Raheem. I love it, baby. Oh, my God. I mean, I absolutely needed that. For them to miss, I mean, because they missed multiple extra points in that game. And then him to miss the the, the the field goal to win the game. And it was just like, Bill said this in the, in the group chat. It was idiotic that they actually rushed the field goal. Like, at some point, you just got to spike it. You got to, like, not kneel down. You should leave yourself enough time to where you're not rushing the game-winning field goal. But fortunately, we got it done. And you could thank the Buffalo Bills to us for having 12 men on the field. And, you know, the storyline around them is about Ken Dorsey. And I'm not going to sit there and say that the offense is as good as it was under Brian Dable. Because I do believe, House, that Brian Dable got a different player out of Josh Allen. He was more in control. He was more harnessed. But for anybody to go and look at the Buffalo Bills and say, yeah, that team is is 5-5 five and five because of their offensive coordinator – they're totally lost. The defense stinks. They're missing key players left and right. Matt Milano, the safeties are a zillion years old. James Cook can't hold on to the ball. Josh Allen is playing as reckless as can be. McDermott's doing an awful job coaching the team. I don't know if you got this sense, House. To me, the Ken Dorsey firing was like the last stand for McDermott because it's the move that separates, you know, everybody else from him. Like, they got rid of Leslie Frazier. Can't blame him. Now they get rid of Ken Dorsey. All right, you can't blame him. You don't go to the playoffs. How's Sean McDermott going to be employed by the Buffalo Bills? That's what I want to know. He's not, JJ. That's the answer. And, you know, there is a bit of bad luck here. One of the storylines of this week has been, and I think it's accurate, that they haven't ever really recovered from the 13 seconds against the Chiefs, that they've been some combination of snake bit, uh, and, you know, just can't pull it all together in all the phases and have everybody healthy at the same time. I mean, part of the thing with Buffalo and the challenge on offense, I think that Josh Allen is hurt. I don't know why they won't just say it. I mean, I guess for the purposes of teeing up their competitors, they don't want their competitors teeing off on him, but it's apparent from how he's playing. It's apparent how one-dimensional they've become. If you look at James Cook' uh, success by certain, you know, um, EPA metrics uh, in terms of rushing the ball, both uh, uh, the the Buffalo Bills rush the ball efficiently, and yet they can't establish the run with any consistency. And we just watch how important that can be in terms of setting a, a tone for a team. 
The Cleveland Browns just did it to the Baltimore Ravens. That's how the Cleveland Browns came back against the Ravens. They ran the ball with a guy named Ford that nobody knew of until Nick Chubb tore his ACL a, a month ago, right? But that's how you go out and establish. So maybe it's a, a lack of confidence in their offensive line, but McDermott is is going to come to to task here. And look, this Cleveland Browns situation at quarterback should present an opening for one of those teams on the AFC playoff bubble to jump back in. It should be the Buffalo Bills, but I don't have any confidence that that's what's coming, Dream. Yeah, it's hard to have confidence in this team. And when you look at the fact that this is a team that continues to struggle in the first half, I mentioned this before, seven points against the Jaguars in the first half, zero points against the Giants, three points against the Patriots, seven points against the Bengals, and eight points against the Broncos. So they, this team, with their slow starts, it's it's really hurting them. And like you said, I believe Josh Allen is hurt. But I also think Sean McDermott is putting a governor on this offense. So I don't know what is going to change with Ken Dorsey being fired because it seems like Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey was just, you know, had had a battle and Sean McDermott took control. So I just I'm not optimistic about this team at all. And then with the way Josh Allen turns the ball over, this team could miss the postseason. Well, right now, if you look at FanDuel, the books and our friends over at FanDuel expect them to miss the postseason. Now, I bet Buffalo a week ago at even money to make the playoffs. I don't feel good about that because now they're plus 176 to make it. No is at minus 220, and the schedule is not their friend. They have a game at Kansas City. They have a game at Philadelphia. They host the Cowboys. They go to L.A. They go and finish up with the Miami Dolphins. And when we come back, we'll get to a game this week. That might not be easy for them considering the history of these two teams over the last two years. We got a lot of NFL games to break down. The boys might be holding their nose with the Browns, but we got to have a couple of layups in there in addition to that. All that and more. It's East Coast Bias right here. FanDuel TV and the Ringer Gambling Show. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for every Thursday night football game. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. Me personally, my favorite bet for Thursday night football is the Baltimore Ravens. Minus three and a half. Y'all know how it's going down. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the public underdog of the week. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. Just visit FanDuel.com slash gamblers for your chance to get a no sweat same game parlay every Thursday. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and up and present in select states. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, so as we get to the Week 11 card, I'm going to start with this game, Raheem, because... I think the perception in the market is that Buffalo is fading fast. And I think that perception is real. It's justified. It's significant. But the team that they're going to play on Sunday hasn't scored a touchdown in two weeks. So something's got to give here, right? Between the Jets and the Buffalo Bills, 
the Jets beat Buffalo in week one. They beat Buffalo last year. They played a competitive game at Buffalo last year with Mike White at quarterback. And we're looking at a seven-point line. That Jet defense plays. It travels. But I have a hard time envisioning the Jets being able to score. So I'll let you start the proceedings here. Where do we stand? Jets, Bills with the line at seven. So my number has this power rated as Bills minus nine. So this feels short, particularly when you look at the fact that the Jets, they haven't scored a touchdown in two weeks. And Zach Wilson is dead last in pretty much every advanced metric. But in a divisional matchup, laying this seven points against a Jets team, which has played them really tough, is very difficult for me. So (laughs) I'm going to stay away from this game, but I think the numbers lend itself towards buying low on the Bills. This has to be the floor for them. Oh, JJ, the trouble is we keep saying that about the Bills. We keep looking for the bottom, and we haven't found it. It should have been Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos, right? Uh, but but they, they they just couldn't get it done. Um, I don't like this number in a divisional matchup. For, to me, this feels like a rat line. I, I would prefer it under anything under seven. Now, I understand what um, Dreams Model is producing and what all the advanced sort of analytics are producing out there. But I don't like the idea of laying a touchdown or more with this Jets defense because of the units in this game, to me, the Jets defense is still the best unit in the matchup. I think what I'm going to do is play the under. It's sitting at 40. I can't come up with a scenario under which I can get the Jets to 17 points. So with that in mind, it's an underplay for House. Yeah, I think the only way that game goes over house is if you have some wacky things break down, like a couple of Zach Wilson turnovers. Josh Allen has been prone to turning the football over where you have a couple of short fields. That, to me, is the only way you get in trouble. But if this is a clean football game, I have a very hard time envisioning the Jets being able to do anything. Like, they just are so incompetent. They are so pathetic on offense. And Buffalo, if there's one thing they do well, Raheem, they get after the quarterback. The Jet offensive line stinks. So, to me, I'm going back to the well here, guys. I'm going to tease Buffalo, but if I had to play this game, because I, I get the skepticism, House, I do. Buffalo has not looked great. They, they, you don't trust Allen against the Jet defense. Like, I, I totally understand all of that. If I'm giving a lean on the game, it would be Bills minus seven. I can't see you're telling me the Bills are going to lose this. If the Bills lose this game to the Jets, I don't want to hear from them the rest of the year. They cancel the season. Yeah, this is their season because this is an AFC opponent. If they lose this game, they'll be five and six, and then they have to go on the road to Philadelphia. They have a bye week. Then they have Kansas City, and they have Dallas, and they have the Chargers after that. This is their season. So, JJ, I think you nailed it. I think the play on this game is taking the Bills on a teaser All they have to do is win. You don't have to worry about their slow starts. You don't have to worry about them laying points. Just win the game against a team who hasn't scored a touchdown in two weeks. You know, fellas, I got to pat myself on the back, maybe. I I don't know, actually. That's going to depend on what happens on Sunday. So I should (laughs) let me let me let me take that back. I'm going to applaud myself for getting the better of a number, which sometimes we don't do the best job of. 
House, we talked about this on Monday's show. Miami and Vegas. What was the line? It was around 10. It was around Maybe 10. There was some, yeah, that's what I mean. I got 10. There was some 10 and a halfs in the market. Well, I'm looking right now. If you want to see what the Dolphin Raider line is, 13 and a half. What is the wow. number, House? Yeah, so <sighs> I'm not going to be surprised if that line gets to 14 when it's all said and done. What is the number that would have you enticed maybe to play the underdog? How high would it have to get? Over 15. Over 15. For you, Dream? For me, I'm going to say I would need 17. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what it is? Listen, to your point, Miami at home over the last three years has been a wagon. And this year specifically, when Tua, when Tua starts the, over the last two years with McDaniel, they, they're a machine. I, they're a different team in their building. They're a different team, whatever the case may be, in that weather. And uh, here's the problem with the Raiders in this spot, guys. They just now, I thought last week was going to be the reckoning for them against the Jets and then Zach Wilson and, you know, the Jet penalties and everything that transpired happened. But now you got a Raider team, yes, that's playing hard, but they leave their comforts of Vegas. They got to fly across the country. They got to play in hot 80, 85 degree temperatures in those black jerseys. Just that's a Raheem, that's a brutal spot. And the Dolphins are coming off a bye and they ticked off after losing the Chief game. That's a brutal spot for the Raiders. Yeah, it's it's an absolute brutal spot. When you look at what the Jets did last week, they had 365 total yards. Zach Wilson was 23 of 39 for 263 yards. And they probably should have had way more than 12 points. They just couldn't get it in the end zone. To me, this has real blowout potential. And I think there's value on taking adjusted numbers with the Dolphins in this game. I I just think the Raiders aren't going to be smoking cigars in the locker room this week. (laughs) Raheem, they better not be, or I'm going to be in a real pissy mood on Monday when I talk to you guys. If they're smoking cigars, they have to beat the Dolphins. Just saying. Well, put put some numbers on it. But they've won all four of their home games by at least 14 points this season. They're 3-0 against the spread as a double-digit favorite under McDaniel. And they're 18-5-2 against the spread in their last 25 games as a home favorite. That's a trend. I like it. Let's go ahead and put all... We just watched a gigantic line last week with the Dallas Cowboys at home against the New York Giants. This feels like a similar kind of situation to me. Let's go ahead and lay it all out there. You know, I have to admit, I'm doing this picks competition on the New York pod with my buddy Joe Beningo, who is this, you know, old school radio host. He's retired. He he comes on, guys, and he's laying these big numbers every week when we do our five picks. And I give him like the stink guy every time he's like Cowboys laying 17, Miami laying 13. I'm like, dude, you keep laying these big numbers, except Raheem. You know what he keeps doing? He keeps winning, dude. He he's keeps winning. winning. The, the public is crushing this year. Like the public are the real sharps. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm taking these rat lines thinking, you know, I'm smarter than the next guy. And instead, I got major egg on my face. All right, guys. I can't believe I'm interested in this game because a week ago, I was destroying the NFL for not flexing out of Denver and Minnesota. Well, guess what? All of a sudden now, that's a really intriguing game. Denver is playing much better football. They have been far more spirited and far more competitive since that 70-point Miami game. They beat Kansas City. They won at Buffalo. And then, House, there's the phenomenon. Your storyline, baby. Joshua Dobbs 
gets a primetime game for all of America to see. I'm going to start on this. I love the Broncos in this spot. I really do. I I know they're coming off a big win. I know they're coming off a short week. But I I just feel as if Minnesota is going to profile as the dog that everybody wants to play. Nobody, how's to me, people still don't want to bet Denver. They still have PTSD from what they saw early in the year. I'm taking Denver at home laying the two and a half. Yeah, I I don't mind that play, JJ. So Denver laying two and a half at home. It's the Sunday night game. 43 and a half is, is the total. This is by far my favorite teaser leg of the entire weekend. The Minnesota Vikings going from two and a half up to eight and a half. And it's a combination of whatever weird mojo is happening there with Minnesota. And, and you know, it could be the, the, the situation where Jobs, Josh Dobbs and, and Kevin O'Connell, this, this, this marriage of convenience turns out to be a real love affair. They might be in love. But I, I absolutely love the idea of getting Minnesota up over eight points. If you look at Minnesota, and last year they made a, a, a legend of it, they are every game they play in finishes at eight points or less. They don't win every game, but the vast majority of games that the Minnesota Vikings play in, the outcome is decided by one score or less. If we're counting eight points as one score, I am. So I love this teaser leg, getting Minnesota up over eight and a half in this spot against Denver. You know, this is a really good point from House because they played 11 one-score games last year. And this year, every game was a one-score game except for the the win against the Packers. And we know the Packers stink. So I agree with that. Um, I I mean, I naturally lean towards the Broncos, but I think this is an overplay. I think you're going to see some points in this. 43 and a half seems really, really short with the way Josh Dobbs is playing, with the way the Broncos seem to be be able to get it going. We know that Brian Flores is going to blitz a lot. And I think they have some holes in their secondary, which Russell Wilson can exploit. So I like the over in this matchup. I lean towards the Broncos, but I think House had the pick of the day with the teaser. Uh, listen, House, best of luck on that teaser leg. Let Denver go and win by three, and then everybody's feeling frisky and feeling good uh, going into Monday Night Football. Speaking of Monday Night Football, it's not just one of the games of the year. I think it is the game of the year in the NFL with the Super Bowl rematch with both teams, Kansas City and Philadelphia, right where you would expect them to be. Now, do they have warts? Sure. Can they be beat? Sure. But right now, I mean, they look like two teams that are more than capable of going and winning the whole thing. Raheem, we talk about this all the time. Mahomes at a short price. I feel like you have, this is what happens when we work together now over a year, year and a half. Like when I'm going through the lines, that's what's in my head. Mahomes on a short price. Mahomes on a short price. Mahomes on a short price. But there's the revenge angle of Philadelphia losing the Super Bowl and what that means for them, oh, it, we, we got to get these guys. We owe these guys. We should have beat those guys. So that's where I'm conflicted. I have a lean, but I'm going to hear from you guys first. What do we think? Eagles, Chiefs, Monday night. This is a really tough game for me, and I think I, I naturally wanted to lean towards the Eagles initially, but like you said, Mahomes is on a short price is, is pretty much you have to bet it. And then also you have to look at Jalen Hurts. He's been banged up. Like, this guy hasn't been the same quarterback. I mean, he's been struggling to to get out of the pocket. 
The run game hasn't been the same. And we know the Chiefs defense is it's probably the best unit on the field at this point in time. So I would lean towards the Chiefs, but I also think this is an under. I think you're seeing sharp money on the under right now. It was 46 and a half. I'm seeing it get bet down to 45 and a half at places. So I would lean the Chiefs in the under. Yeah, I, I like that underplay quite a bit. Um, we'll have a lot more opportunity to get into the X's and the O's, the breakdown on East Coast Bias on Monday morning, of course. But you got to talk about this game because you, you don't get a Super Bowl rematch where both teams enter back in in week 11. It looking like, look, man, a rematch could still be very much in the cards here. Um, and I don't ever recommend blind betting anything except for the Chiefs laying a short number at home. Yes, I'm going to blind bet it. It's the Chiefs for me right now, but we'll have some X's and O's to go through. The one thing I'm interested in seeing is whether off the bye, Philadelphia can do anything to improve the secondary. It's been super vulnerable to over-the-top plays, to explosive explosive plays. And that's not exactly the Kansas City strength this year. So that will be an interesting thing to see for me. Can uh, uh, the, the Eagles limit over-the-top plays and, and take them away entirely? Again, not really the thing that the Chiefs do, but still a vulnerability there. So fun to look into. And, but we'll break it all down again on Monday. One thing I want to add is that there's a, supposed to be a 91% chance of rain. So that's going to impact this game as well, um, as well as the total and the side. Um, as far as weather being in the forecast, and you always you got to be careful with that, Raheem. Like, talking yeah. about it now on Thursday, you know how it is with weather. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. in a wedding this weekend. You know how much I've looked at the Saturday forecast to see is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Nobody knows until the day of, you know, in most cases. Um, but if we're talking about rains with Philly and Kansas City, who do you think that favors? This is tough for me. Um, and I think a big part of it is, like, see, rain, it doesn't impact things as much as people think it is. I think a lot of times it's the wind because with the rain, the, the offensive player knows where they want to go. The defensive player doesn't. But if it's super windy out, then you suppress those passing numbers. So um, we'll just have to see what the number, what the weather truly is. I mean, we're still a ways out right now. Boys, we got some games to bet. We got a lot more to do over the next couple of minutes here of East Coast Bias. But there is a Thursday night game that I cannot wait to break down. It's Baltimore. It's Cincinnati. I don't have a minimal lean on it. I have a very strong lean on it. And let's just say uh, I've danced with this devil a few times. We'll see how it treats me. That's coming up right here on East Coast Bias. Okay, so before we get to Thursday Night Football, and there's a lot to say with the Bengals and the Ravens, and it's a significant game in more ways than one for the division, for the AFC wildcard, and everything that comes with it. House. Monday, we talked about Arizona and Houston and how the lines seemed a little too low. There's maybe been a little bit of a market correction. It's up to five now. I almost feel as if that line is begging you to take the Texans, right? Like the Texans just beat the Bengals. The Cardinals are a crummy team. Like that's like, it seems like such a rat and such a sucker to go and bet the Texans laying five. I'm not really inclined to go and bet Arizona. I have to be honest. I'm not betting it. I, I don't think Arizona's particularly good. But that that smells a little funky, doesn't it, House? It, it's definitely funky. And, you know, you have to consider 
big picture, what are the circumstances under which you're comfortable with the Houston Texans as a favorite greater than a field goal? Like, what, what, what metrics are you looking at? This is a Houston Texans team that arrived this, this, this uh, 2023 season having won, you know, three games or less a number of seasons previously. They are 0-2 against the spread as a favorite. They're not favored very, uh, coming into games as a favorite very often. They lost to Carolina three weeks ago. They should have lost to Tampa Bay two weeks ago, but for C.J. Stroud and a miraculous last-minute uh, uh, final drive, um, I don't think that this current Arizona team with Kyler Murray that the market has its head around it exactly yet. And, you know, just in general, the version of Kyler that we just saw uh, handled it, its business against Atlanta, you know, throwing accuracy. He, he he looked fast and he's been very good as an underdog. Uh, 21 and 11 against the spread as a dog. In his career, 11 and six as a dog of three and a half points or more. I I think you got to play Arizona if you're going to play this game at all. I love Arizona this week. Like this line does not make any sense. You can queue up the Chewbacca defense from South Park. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. This Houston, Texas team. They were laying three and a half to the Carolina Panthers, who was god-awful this year. They can't move the ball. The coach stinks. The quarterback stinks. The offense stinks. They were laying three and a half to them. They were laying two and a half to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you telling me that the Carolina Panthers are two points better than this Arizona Cardinals team with Kyler Murray? Are you telling me that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is better than what we're seeing with Kyler Murray? I don't see it. So just from a numbers perspective, this doesn't make sense. And then when you look at the Houston Texans, they're still 17th in defensive DVOA. They're 20th against the pass and 13th against the run. And you have to throw out all of the Arizona metrics because Kyler Murray is going to improve this offense so much with his ability to run. You saw it against the Atlanta Falcons that it's like chasing Tom and Jerry. So I like the Arizona Cardinals, and it wouldn't surprise me if they won this game outright. Wow, okay. Maybe that'll be Raheem's dog of the week when you watch Ringer Wise Guys, shameless plug, 11 a.m. Eastern on FanDuel TV. Okay, guys, uh, we call that a transition in the business. We go from Texan Cardinal to probably the best Thursday night game that Amazon has had all year. It'll be the Cincinnati Bengals as three and a half point underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens. And Raheem, the Bengals have burned me in a couple of spots. I had the Niners. They let me down in that game. Uh, I could think of a couple of different examples where the Bengals have been like that very public team and they've just won the game outright. I think the Ravens are making a statement in this game. I just think they're better on both lines. I think they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. The fact that this line has gone from two and a half to three and a half with every ticket imaginable coming in on Cincinnati for me, and I know I could be sitting there and Joe Burrow is sticking it to me in the fourth quarter. I've been through that script plenty of times. I, I'm not going to deviate here. I'm going to let the numbers tell the story. I think the Ravens proved they're the best team in this division. I'm laying three and a half. Yeah, this is the public underdog of the year. There's nobody. The year, not the week. The year. Not the week. <laughs> the year. The whole world is going to be on the Cincinnati Bengals this week. 
And it doesn't make sense because if you look at this, what this Baltimore Ravens team has done collectively throughout the course of the year, they've lost three games. 1922 against the Colts. They probably should have won that game. It required a Colts comeback. 17-10 against the Steelers. It required a Pittsburgh Steelers comeback. They lost 33-31 against the Cleveland Browns. It required a comeback of 24-9. They've been a complete juggernaut. And before last week, Aaron Schatz had them as the third best DVOA team of all time. I'm not buying that change just because they blew a 24-9 lead. So I like the Baltimore Ravens here. I'm going to wait to around game time. Hopefully more of that public money comes in. And if I could get a three. Well, you say, time. Raheem, do you think there's a chance we could get a three by kickoff Thursday night? I do. Um, it, w- it would surprise me if it came off the three to, to three and a half. But I just think, I mean, the way the public is betting Cincinnati, I, I just there's just no way in the world I can't wait this out because I don't see it going to four. Like, it would shock me if it went to four. So I'm going to try to wait this out. Hopefully I can get a three, especially when you look at the injuries to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Y'all want to keep betting on Cincinnati? Please do it because I would love to get a three on the Baltimore Ravens. How's the Bengals been good to you? Are you going back to the well? I am not, but I do want to chime in. This Baltimore Ravens juggernaut, no, that they're a joker not. No, that's, that's, that, what they showed out in terms of that second half against Cleveland was soft as Kleenex. I can't tolerate watching a team get gouged by long, sustained drives with an offense like the Cleveland Browns in their home stadium. That's getting punked. But Baltimore by lots of indications, is a very sound team on both sides of the ball. You can't say the same thing about the Cincinnati Bengals. We have done our best job at at giving Big Lou all the flowers that he deserves, but I believe that this Bengals defense, which is 31st in success rate ahead of only the Denver Broncos, if you take the fortuitous turnovers that they've collected out of the mix, the Bengals' defense is, is a stink bomb. And I think that a renewed commitment by this Baltimore Ravens, I mean, I would like to have a conversation with Todd Munkin and uh, Coach Harbaugh around why Keaton Mitchell oh, is only on the field for four snaps in the second half after a 64-yard first half. You can tell I'm still a little bit sore from losing out on – uh, uh, Baltimore minus six and a half on Sunday against the Bengals. But this Bengals defense, I believe, is going to be out on an island. And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say they just don't have the talent. They have uh, both Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson are trending towards not playing. That's bad news for them. Their secondary is bad. And they've been getting beat all season long. The way that they came back on their winning streak had to do with a lot of turnover, uh, um, you know, pl- pl- plus positivity. Uh, if the, the Baltimore Ravens don't turn the ball over, I think that they're going to go out and handle their business, fellas. All right, guys. Total in this game. And we know what the trend has been. Primetime unders. Primetime unders. Primetime unders. If you've been betting them blindly, they have, for the most part, taken care of you. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Raheem. The over ended up hitting in that Denver... Uh, Buffalo game because of all the insanity in the fourth quarter, correct? That game, I think, went over. Or no, I don't know. I didn't bet it. I don't so think I don't so. Remember. So it went I under. I ended up around 46. Yeah, I think that went under. 
I, I All right, so one under. All right, so I see that's the thing. I I bet the Bills. It was a loser. Uh, the total to me was it was non-existent. But whatever, forget about that. Uh, I'm allowed to have a brain fart every now and again. Um, the total in this game, it's at 46. It's gone up a point and a half. House, I know the unders have been cashing like crazy. I kind of think we're going to have some fireworks with these two teams. I do. I think Lamar is going to play a much better game than he did last week. And I look at Cincinnati with Burrow, and I always. Even if he's getting hit, and even if it's a situation where he sacks seven, eight times, I feel like they're going to get the twin. I like the over in this game, guys. I do. I kind of want to jump in there with you. Um, the only thing will be if Baltimore in the second half, you know, because I think both teams will score in the first half, but if Baltimore turns off the spigot in the second half and and turns to some ball control offense, which would be a, a you know a unique thing for them. Um, that I would be worried about getting to the to the over, but I want to root for the shootout, and I want to see both of those quarterbacks on this national stage as we go into Thanksgiving week, the best week in all of the calendar. Uh, I'd like to see a shootout, so I don't mind uh, a tiny overplay. So the last time these two teams played, Joe Burrow put up 24 points, and he, was, he had a calf injury. So you had a 27-24 final, and Joe Burrow wasn't even healthy. So I look at this total opening at 44 and a half gets bet up to 46. To me, this seems short, but we know in these divisional matchups, these teams tend to play each other close. The second matchup tends to be a little bit more lower scoring historically. I I just can't bet an under between these two teams. It just feels like this is going to be one of those primetime shootouts. I'm going to stay away, but I would lean towards the over. House, I got to admit, buddy, I thought you'd be on the Bengals in this spot. So I'm glad that you're not. I'm not going to lie. I am. They're, they're, it's just that defense. It's so bad. All you have to do is to undercover, peel back a couple layers of the onion. It starts to smell really awful. And you stink it. I can smell it from the high heavens here in New York City. All right, when we come back, there's a way to bet the in-season tournament, at least according to one of the three guys who's sitting here on this set. And he has some thoughts on that. Maybe a team we should be looking to hop on. And the number moved down since our last conversation on Monday. We'll have that in our best bets. That's all coming up right after this. So on Monday's show, Mr. Joe House presented a theory for us and an opportunity, and it's one I'm glad I got on board with because as we were doing the show, I can multitask on the FanDuel app and place a wager. Yeah, I might have done that. I might have been doing two things at once, but that's the story of my life. House made the case for the Minnesota Timberwolves to go and win the in-season tournament and mention the number, which was very juicy, which was very appealing. Well, that was on Monday. We now sit here, House, and the Minnesota Timberwolves have moved quite a bit on the FanDuel Sportsbook odds to win the in-season NBA tournament. You have Boston at plus 450. Denver plus 490, Milwaukee at 5 to 1, the Lakers at 6 to 1. But the Minnesota Timberwolves house <laughs> are now at plus 950. And I got one more for you. The Miami Heat, who I was a little dismissive of. I was like, hey, I don't know if they'll be into this in-season tournament thing. They've won enough. They have moved from like 30 to 1 to 14 to 1. So, House, job well done, buddy. I think you're reading this in-season tournament market pretty well. Well, all we're getting at this point is closing line value. We haven't actually gotten across the goal line yet. I did listen to 
the Podfathers podcast with Doc Rivers. It's up uh, right now. Everybody, if you get a chance, you watch this show on Thursday. Go give that list that thing a listen if you're interested in hearing about motivation and rationale for why it is that teams might be interested in showing up for this thing. And actually, some competitive basketball in December could be coming down the pike. Doc says he's been sort of canvassing. You know, he's doing his national broadcaster role with ESPN now, and he's getting the vibe that a lot of teams are taking this very seriously. They're looking for the opportunity to be the first to ever win this thing. But for teams that are, you know, uh, a little bit of a chemistry experiment, um, and that includes the Boston Celtics, the opportunity to go and, and, and you know, make a statement at this early stage in the season against teams that you might come up against again in the playoffs, that they're taking it seriously and we might see tightened up rotations. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of elements to this that, that really have uh, my attention now. I only have one sentiment because I, I, I still feel like Miami and Minnesota – you know, among the top six uh, as as seeds here um, by odds makes sense. I, I personally would go ahead with Boston at this stage. I'm kind of okay with, with it. The only team I would just, I, I can't urge folks enough to avoid is the Milwaukee Bucks. I just cannot, there's no scenario under which I can endorse that. They're the third they're, they're third by by uh, odds at plus 500. Do not, under any circumstance, unless there's somebody that you don't like, tell them to go ahead and bet on the Bucks, but otherwise avoid the Bucks for this thing. Yeah, I would avoid the Bucks, uh, especially at the current price of plus 500, but they do have an easy schedule. And I, I want to remind everybody that this, this is about value. You look at Group B. Let's look at the teams in Group B. Miami Heat, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Charlotte Hornets, the New York Knicks, and the Washington Wizards. Miami is 2-0 and with wins over Washington and Charlotte. The Milwaukee Bucks is one, are 1-0 and with the win over the Knicks, but they have a game at Charlotte. They have a game at Washington, who might be out of every NBA team you could, you could put that in the win column. And then they have a game at Miami. So if they win the next two games, which is very likely because they're going to be huge favorites, and they're going to be a favorite against Miami, these eyes are going to come down and you could put yourself in a good position to have great value on a team. Uh, you're at five to one. Now this could go down to two to one. So I just think you should look at, if you go to NBA.com, you look at the end season tournament standings and you look at these schedules and you look at the, the ratings and you look at the groups, it'll give you a good idea of which teams you should be taking, which teams you should be fading. It's, it's pretty clear right now. If you look at the groups, the Denver, Denver nuggets, they're, they're going to have group B locked up. Look at the Minnesota Timberwolves with last night's win over the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry didn't play. They're going to have that locked up, especially when they have two games at home. So look at those standings, and I think you can just do a process of elimination. How's quickly? Still value on the Timberwolves at plus 950 for somebody who wants to hop on right about now? Absolutely. I really believe in this team. It's not a fluke. It's not a joke. They are the best defensive team in the NBA. Defense wins championships. What if this franchise that's never won any franchise whatsoever. Anthony Edwards is ready to be on a national stage, announce his arrival, and he is our next superstar in the NBA. Sure, 
everything above, you know, uh, these guys at five to one still value on Minnesota as far as I'm concerned. Hang the banner, baby. Hang the banner. When we come back, we'll have our best bets for the weekend. It's probably going to be in week 11 in the NFL. It's coming up right after this. So before we say goodbye, it's time for best bets. Raheem, I'll start with you. What's your best bet for week 11? I gave you guys all the reasons earlier. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals plus five. I'm probably going to sprinkle a little something on the money line as well, just because I just think this is a good, you know, spot to buy the Cardinals. I think the Texans are overvalued after that win last week. We've seen it all year long. Teams that, you know, they, they look great one week and then the next week they're fat and happy. So let's go with the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, he's finally playing with a real coach and a real offense. So I love it. House, what do we got? I mentioned how much I like Minnesota as a teaser leg this week. Let's make it a full-on NFC North combo play. I don't like the Detroit Lions laying eight and a half, even though they're at home. They're up against the Chicago Bears, but the reason I don't I don't like it is because very quietly, the Bears seem to have like an average offensive line, which is like the first time you it feels like we could say that in a very long time. You can tease right now the Detroit Lions from eight and a half favorites down to two and a half favorites. All they have to do is beat the Bears by a field goal. Put that together with the Minnesota Vikings. Teased up to eight and a half. That is a winning six-point teaser, JJ. All right, guys. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to the NFC West. The return of Matthew Stafford for the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams, historically speaking, have played Seattle very, very tough. I'm going to take the Rams bounce back spot. I think Seattle's been playing with fire over the last couple of weeks. They're due to get picked off. They should have lost last Sunday to your commanders. Want to see Riverboat Ron go for two. He never goes for two. Go for two, Riverboat Ron. I know they gave up a field goal anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm taking the LA Rams. That's my favorite play of the week. They're winning the game outright. You, we didn't talk about this. How do you feel about Carson Wentz stepping in? Uh, it, I thought I saw Matthew Stafford starting. I don't feel as good if Carson Wentz is starting a quarterback. Oh, okay, yeah, you know they signed him, so there's a good oh, chance he could play. you scared the crap out of me. I was about to audible out as we said goodbye. I see full participant for Matthew Stafford. That was good enough for me. For House, for Raheem, JJ signing off. I better not see Carson Wentz on Sunday. We'll be back next <laughs> week. Good job by the War God Warrior. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Must be 21 and up in President Select States. FanDuel was offering... Online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit CCPG. Dot org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK in New York.